long-awaited conversation here with Better Buddies. And welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, it's James. Hello, hello. Our Better Buddies icebreaker this week, what makes you think someone is high maintenance? What makes you think someone is high maintenance? Oh, okay. I mean, um, hmm. <laughs> This is going to be very shallow, but if they have an expensive taste in clothes, mm. I immediately assume that they are going to be like high maintenance because I usually assume that expensive taste follows other expensive tastes. You know what I mean? Oh. So that's very shallow of me, but, but... I do think sometimes it it is kind of true. Yeah. See, I'm thinking more of the they can't flex like uh, we all have those times those... Where, like we're just not physically flex but like schedule wise or events go differently like we all <laughs> oh, have those times where we're just in a bad mood and <clears throat> we're not thrilled that like the plan didn't go to plan but then you get some of those people who like this is the way the thing is and that's the way it's always gotta be particularly their plan and if you deviate from that plan or disagree that it is a good plan, you're no longer a credible individual worth being listened to. Yeah, that's pretty tough. Somebody who isn't adaptable or flexible is is very difficult to get along with, in my opinion. And like... It, yeah. Go for mm-hmm. it. I was I was just gonna say it's hard too because it's like um, it's not saying like oh you can't have like a nice taste in clothes or like oh you need to like be able to to accommodate whatever changes like come up like it's more just like somebody I think like you're kind of pointing out like who has an over reliance on these things and who is like totally unwilling to deviate or break the mold like these things should be the window dressing on your personality like yes. your schedule and your clothes they should not be the substance of who you are you know it should it should re- in that case like beauty or personality at that level really should only be skin deep you should i do think you need to be a little bit more than that yeah and i think part of it too is the culmination right like it's you can totally enjoy expensive clothing mm-hmm. if you're not expecting everybody else to match to your standard you're setting you can have a preference or desire or need or just anxiety reducer or whatever you want to call it for having the set schedule and sticking to the schedule if you understand that's something you need to consider and you need to worry about that it's not the entire rest of the world's thing to conform to mm-hmm. you. Yes. Yes, that's very well said. That's well put. Ow, yeah, man. I do. What'd you do? Did you get bit? Smack my head on my desk. Are you going to be a superhero now? What's 
What's your superhero power? Apparently the strength, speed, and agility of a desk. That's awesome. I'm going to move very slowly. A human desk. (laughs) Are you aware of the wall? Uh, The thing that affects women, or is this a superhero Spider-Man's deadliest villain ever. The wall? I've never heard of uh, the wall, though. Have you heard of the electric company? Uh, Like, the Monopoly one, or like the local one? It was a children's public television program where Morgan Freeman starred as Easy Reader. Oh, this is like, uh, was this like a PBS show or something like that? Yeah, public broadcast. Uh, Okay. They partnered with Marvel to do the Marvel Super Stories, very simplified versions of superhero stories to help kids with reading. But that was part of the, like, publishing side of it. The television side, they'd have these Spidey Super Stories. And so they do a quick segment where Spider-Man would help kids learn. And the best, best instance of it ever of all time was the short story, the short sketch in the episode where it's uh, Spider-Man up against the wall. (laughs) And Spider-Man goes to a baseball game and there's a guy who wants revenge on the baseball game. So he's, he dresses as a wall and tries to ruin the baseball game. So please tell me this guy's whole suit is just like a brick wall. Like he's literally just a brick wall. That's amazing. That's so cool. He doesn't cool. even have arms. Dude, I, uh, <laughs> that's amazing. amazing. How have I not seen... And it, the entire thing is just that they can have that pun title of Spider-Man up against the wall. If you and I are ever in the same vicinity for Halloween together, we need to go as Spider-Man on the wall. Dibs I will the wall. totally... I would totally do that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be Spidey. I can do that for sure. Hell yeah. Oh man, have you heard of the uh, have you heard of the 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 more modern uh, twist on the wall? No. This is this is a this is a something that's bubbled up from the wonderful image boards and has slowly creeped into uh, modern inter- internet poison vernacular. Do I want to know? Uh, you're going to. Oh, boy. <laughs> Are you about it's, to make me delete uh, an episode? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, we could we could cut. It's not like it's not anything like too bad. Okay. Um, if anything, just think of it as adding a possibly uh, questionable, um, but one that will be ever present descriptor uh, in into your expanding vocabulary. Um, it's another opportunity to learn. Um, this episode like brought to you by by the wall. <laughs> uh. Yeah, think of it as another episode of The Electric Company. Um, so basically, uh, in common internet vernacular, the wall refers to... It refers to mainly women, though it can refer to men as well. A uh, a point in somebody's life where all of a the sudden um, they go from looking very fresh-faced and young. And these are, this is usually done with someone who's attractive. Usually it's used to refer to... Uh, male or female celebrities uh, where they go from looking very fresh-faced and attractive or whatever to uh, haggard or sort of um, uh, if they have like bad yeah old is usually a way to put it but it's just like it's like a 
a different form of uh of of old it's like wow they look like they hit the wall you know what i mean so you say that somebody hit the wall he hit the wall or she's really hit the so wall why recently. hasn't tom cruise hit the wall yet james uh some people when you when you i guarantee you can find threats online say that he's hit the wall like if you look at some photos of him um there are people who who will say like oh the walls come for him or the wall comes for us all you know stuff like that again i must i must preface this with usually it's used by by uh image board denizens to refer to mainly uh women that they are that they are judging um but you can absolutely use it to refer to men as well. The wall is unisexual. It does not. It does not pick and choose based on gender. Some people escape it. Most people don't. I don't know why I have such a vendetta against Tom Cruise, but I feel I must. What is it? Because he's chipper. I think he's it's got because that... he's Tom Cruise. What is that? Is have it because of his Tom Cruise? Have you heard of is... Tom Cruise? Is you it because of Tom his Cruise tooth? Is? Uh, yeah, he's um he's that guy from the Oprah show on the couch, right? <laughs> he's he's that guy. Imagine well, if Scientology he... hadn't gotten Tom Cruise. Imagine if Tom Cruise hadn't gotten Scientology. Yeah, I mean, he's Would at he the be level where, where he, he was today if he didn't have Scientology backing him. I mean, he could basically be their pope, right? Like they kind of need him more than he needs them i mean i'm sure they've like blackmailed him with a bunch of shit but it's going to come to a point where either they won't need him or he will just be at the end of his career and he won't need them anymore and maybe one of them is going to snap and you'll get your wish you'll you'll see a kind of uh you might see tom cruise i mean do you want to see him suffer is that what you're no, saying i don't need or to see him suffer like but i just ever since i learned that there was a woman who was being groomed by scientology and it was never confirmed like she didn't end up being it but like she was invited to stuff with tom cruise and like was kind of becoming his next girlfriend like yeah like, they were grooming basically grooming her for that and then switched directions it was kind of like i don't i mean i didn't like him before but that's that's not cool i don't like that yeah. I'm not going to lie, dude. There's something about Tom Cruise. Like I've watched him in interviews. There is something that strikes me like, and this is the thing I'm going to do some, uh, some, some sociological anthropology here. Um, I'm Aren't getting back to my old ways. In either one. No, but, uh, I'm chained and trained in the adjacent fields of film studies and creative field writing. chained in the basement of an anthropologist. So you pick up a few things. Yeah, you, you learn, you know, they show you movies and you write poems and that's basically analogous to like psychological study and then sociological uh, research. Um, but yes, yeah, you learn a lot. What I'm going to say is like, I don't think a lot of people realize like truly, and major shouldn't say realize, internalize the idea that quite a few actors are like, um, they're intelligent and well-meaning people. But they are also people who are like Morons very with much no awareness of any echelon of society other than their own. They are really stupid in a very specific way. Is, <laughs> is what I would say. Like I and again, like I don't know. This is me literally basing this off of like my experience as the, a the, high school uh, theater kid. The, the Arrested Development. How much could a banana cost? Ten dollars. 
yeah it yeah exactly they're well they're like and it's not just like privilege it's not just like that although a lot of them get that especially the ones who've been born into better families and they're just kind they were kind of like going to be acting uh in one way or another since they were kids <clears throat> i'm even talking like uh the ones who don't gain a sense of kind of almost like elite effete uh nobility or sense of self-awareness like a lot of these tom cruise for example he strikes me as somebody who is like very smart in his chosen profession mm-hmm. but he he also strikes me as somebody who genuinely has the intelligence of like a high school guy <laughs> and and like the the tastes as one the same tastes like think about he just wants to like run off buildings and and drive motorcycles. He wants and... to do cool action stunts and be a cool action hero and live in his cool action guy mansion pad with a long yeah. distance low commitment long like long distance low commitment long term girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. That's it. <laughs> Tom that's... Cruise wishes he was Ken. <laughs> that's it. Essentially, yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I think he is. He's the closest that we'll ever get in real life to like a Ken type figure because he's many people have said that he's like one of the last classic Hollywood stars, which I don't know how accurate that is. I think Mm. we have plenty of classic. I think we have plenty of classic Hollywood stars in the making right now. They're just, it takes, it takes time to, for those to mature and grow and for us to really see who they're going to become to see their, their contours and their forms. But we got Henry Cavill. I was talking about this with my stepsister earlier today. We got Cavill. We've got Oscar Isaacs. Chris is Evans. My, Oscar Isaacs he, for sure. Pedro Pascal. Chris Evans, Pedro Pascal. You've got um oh fuck, who is that? I think Hemsworth's out of the game pretty soon though. Yeah, I heard isn't he doesn't he have like Parkinson's or Alzheimer's or something? No, I thought that it's was like a Alzheimer's or Alzheimer's adjacent diagnosis. Basically one of those like it was a family genetic condition that he was hoping he wouldn't get, and then it was told like, no, you're you're very predisposed to it, so uh, prepare for the worst, hope for the best. So he's kind of like I trying mean, to focus more on family. But even think like other people, like uh, I mean, okay, I don't want to just gloss over that. That's actually that is like really sad. I do, I do hope, like I but do genuinely wish. I him hope the best. for the best for um, him, and I really am like glad we got what we did because I enjoyed him and everything I saw him in. Yeah, he's he's really fun. I mean, he knew how to use his time in the light for sure. Um, I would even say, like going back to the actors, like I would say, hell, you've got Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling. You've got um, I was I'd just thinking about other actors. Would Carell count? Yeah, I would totally yeah, count Carell. I, I, I mean, like Crazy Stupid Love, Get Smart. Like he's gonna yeah. go down as like a classic comedy uh, guy. Like he's good. Will Ferrell, I would count him. John C. Riley. Like we've got plenty Have of. You- have you seen Classic any Carell's serious stuff? Uh, I've seen him in The Big Short, which I count as serious. Uh, I've seen him in Vice, both made by Adam McKay, which I would still count as like one of his more serious bids. I have not seen Foxcatcher. What about uh, um, that boy or the be- my be- like the beautiful beautiful boy. boy? Yeah, I know some. I know someone who actually read the book, and they I they said that they liked it. Um, I know someone who that's like their favorite movie. I I have not seen it, nor have I read the book. But yeah, um, a, there are a lot of actors who are, I think, classical stars. Yeah, 
we got classics, but to think of any rapping actresses. Um, I would say uh, Margot Robbie. Uh, uh, Margot Robbie is one. Emma Stone yeah. is one. Um, even though she's like a little, she's she's older, but Nicole Kidman is For definitely sure. one. I mean, she's that is my awesome. favorite time. And if her is any time, I'm pretty sure there's a headline out there where uh, Tom Cruise gets referred to as uh, former uh, former husband of Nicole Kidman. <laughs> yeah, Tom and Nicole supposedly eyes wide shut just shattered their marriage. Um, supposedly, which is funny because it deals mainly with a couple who's like uh, having marital issues. A very very well-to-do upper-class couple mm. who's like way out of their depth in when they stumble onto an even higher level of wealthy society that is like puts them kind of in the stratosphere and it makes them realize that they thought they were on earth and in reality they're more like on pluto um but, but yeah wrapping around to this i my, my main point was like someone like tom cruise like these and some of these actors like and again i don't know entirely but like it reads this dicaprio's another one who i've heard people give analyses on and i can kind of see it he's another like debatably classic actor but some of these like classic actors are fun because they maintain this very like especially if they're they get known for being younger looking they um they main they maintain this youthful energy and they kind of do that because they are sort of like you said maybe like a little bit of arrested development like they are still kind of like teenage boys so like going back to some of that stuff about the scientology like with them grooming a girlfriend like i don't think tom cruise and this could be i could be way far off base so i'm not trying to make any far-reaching claims tom cruise from what i've seen in interviews and heard and heard about and stuff like that he doesn't seem like somebody who's like actively plotting in the shadows to that's what he wants use. you to think this is it could be a friend he is an actor you know he's a classic hollywood you can't actor. trust any actors except for the ones you like <laughs> yeah i only trust al pacino <laughs> <laughs> um no but he he's like he he comes off to me as like someone who is like like he can he know i think he has like a good moral compass like i don't know why but i do get that but, sense from him but i also think that he's very uh easily persuaded and possibly distracted but again i've never met the guy so i can't really say and it's really tough because actors spend their whole lives training how to emulate person exactly emulate personality the and ultimate like liars how do you how do They're you all like how do you figure it out? How, how do you actually like you it, with a really good actor? They might not even it sounds this sounds awful. They might not even know how little of a person they actually are unless it's like fully broken down, which, you know, uh, like gets covered all the fucking time in comic books with characters like Clayface and Chameleon who are like shape changing characters constantly. It's like, oh, my God, I don't remember who I am. What's my real face? Yeah, and that's usually like uh, that's at the actor's dilemma, right? Is like because you have to lose a part of yourself in order to play roles. That's the idea. Um, but at the same time, like if you just become an empty vessel, like what are you actually bringing to the role? John John Wayne said that really, what makes a movie star like a true blue movie star 
is that it's a little bit of the character and a little bit of the actor in each performance that people are coming yep. to like when we say like oh like the this person just acts like themselves in every movie it's like that's the point like well, you like going to see that i think there's a line to that though i would argue there's yes. a small line to that where there's a difference between bringing some of yourself to the role because you know you're a person and that's what you do <clears> and <throat> you don't do anything but you like i don't know the last time i saw seth rogan do anything that wasn't just seth rogan that's true that's very very true like even as um, donkey and- kong it was like okay you, you voice acted donkey kong better than i expected but the character was already pretty seth rogany <laughs> And it's tough. Like, I know he's done other stuff. Like, um, he, he, uh, like, he had this one that I actually really want to watch called American Pickle, which is about, oh, yeah. Um, this, yeah, this Jewish, it's like this Jewish guy who gets, this like, guy um, accidentally gets pickled and then they yeah, revive him. Yeah. And he, like, wanders around modern day New York or something like that. It's like a yeah. hundred years later or something. And that looked really fun, and that looked like different uh, compared to some of the stuff he's done. But I think you're right, where he's always gonna he's he's usually gonna play some kind of like wisecracking, down on his luck loser. He like who's going to figure out ideas of personal responsibility or how to be a good person to other people, or that he needs to get off his ass and stop smoking weed and and care about more or that smoking weed is all he really needs to care about because that's where you really find the joy in life so you know like it's and it it it, it, this is the thing that does talk about hollywood and film is because it's a visual medium you're going based just on how you look you are going you're only going to be able to be perceived a certain way that's why debatably like really truly great actors are very few and far between like gary oldman Al Pacino, I think you could count as one. Um, Daniel Day Lewis is another. Honestly, like these, like, these. I think Oldman get should Oldman gets a lot of credit, but like, I think what really blows me away about Oldman is the fact that I didn't know who the fuck he was because he was in so much shit, but he transformed himself so physically, like just in mannerisms and personas and hair and everything that I was like, I I don't I don't know how to spot him because I don't know what he looks like. Yeah, I think he's usually lauded as like one of the greats of his generation. He's another who's going to go down as a classic actor, like for our our age group. And um, I really do think, just sort of, uh, you know, it like I don't know. I know that we've kind of wandered around here. I do. I do want to bring up this thing though, because it's something that's interesting to me. Like what? Just the idea that like. Um, Yo, know, one day, like those classic Hollywood, the, the black and white actors and actresses, if if we are in a way, you know, if we are fortunate enough to still have Hollywood and movies around as a kind of coherent genre as an industry, you know, far into the future. It's a really interesting idea to me that one day, like those will be as those. It'll be to film to our culture what like cave paintings are to painting you know what i mean like it'll be it'll be very like far and distant in the past still related but like it's just interesting to think 
how even though that they're very influential right now, like they will dwindle with time and it mm. will be interesting to see how the I mean, not disappear. I would and I, I would put it more analogous to maybe Renaissance artists or a little bit okay. earlier. Yeah, that's fair. And compare that to modern painting. Uh, like, yeah, we don't, the, not every painting by every Renaissance artist is famous and well-known, but the greats are still great and recognized. Like, Humphrey Bogart, Casablanca, that is gonna be a classic forever. I don't know what the fuck else Humphrey Bogart was in, but I know Casablanca. He, he was in a bunch, he was in, he was a bu- in a few, a lot of noir, um. See? Oh, I want to watch a few a with... bunch of shit, but most people remember his Vitruvian Man and uh, the the Mona Lisa. It is difficult though because it's like um, I think that's a good point, and I think your your analogy is much more accurate. Um, that's well said, and it's it's difficult too because it's just sort of like I feel like we live in a really unique age where our generation is at this fixed point where we are just on the cusp of having the last touch with that generation, with that classic, like golden age, black and white film, you know, like chances are 50 or 60 odd years from now, Turner classic movies, if they're still around, I mean, maybe they'll be playing Casablanca and other movies like it. Maybe not. Maybe they'll be playing like movies from the eighties, the seventies, the eighties, the nineties. Whatever the fuck they want to watch, though. I mean, I usually associate them with like the black and whites or like westerns or. Uh, my very... understanding was like it's not so much like oh we're preserving classic movies or like focusing classic movies. It's we're focusing on whatever we think should be considered classic. So you end up with a little bit more of that art niche. Interesting. I didn't. I didn't uh, know that about their their programming choices they could end up with i think it's turner classic that i'm thinking of unless i'm thinking of um is there another like film group that kind of does the like old movies there's me tv but i think that's more for tv shows tv is i like me tv me tv is good me tv has the great svengoolie i think it is turner um Oh shit! I I'll I'm not gonna remember this. We'll move on. Mm. It'll just be interesting. It'll be interesting to see, like, because I think as time goes on, like, we'll still remember them. But our generation, I feel like our cohort is in a really unique um place where we're like, whatever we carry with us from that era is like what's going to be nice. really truly and. In- and carried over yeah and like the rest of it is gonna get not like left behind like forgotten but just more like it's gonna kind of become very niche yeah i'll just i'll be there but in the same way that like you can look up all the renaissance artists on um on wikipedia um but how many people actually do that how many people actually look at those paintings or know what that's inspired i think part of it too is just how hard it is to make a classic store like classic anything that stands that test of time uh because even if you look into um i think it's doug mcclure 
Is Doug McClure an actor or the character? Now I gotta double check. But there is an actor. Yeah, Doug McClure was a American actor. He was in plenty of stuff, but I remember him from Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand. Like, oh damn, yeah. I don't know him from any of his film stuff. Well, and that's like, um, that's actually kind of funny because there's a, uh, uh, in The Simpsons, there's a character, a recurring character called Troy McClure. Yes. Who is a failed, like a burned out kind of washed up Hollywood actor who does a lot of PSAs and all this other stuff. And one of his catchphrases is like, hello, I'm Troy McClure. You might remember me from such films as blah, blah, blah. And, uh. Uh, I know his name is a mashup of, I'm pretty sure of Doug McClure and Troy something. I don't know what the, what the other guy's last name is, but, and you're right where it's like, even that, um, archetype in the Simpsons is like, is like a relic of a generation who is, who is already exposed to those, like, even Uh, just classic B-movie actors. Uh, another two for you, Rock Hudson and Mia Farrow. Amia Farrow, Rock I only know because of The Last Unicorn and the yeah. movie Avalanche from 1978, which was another MST3K film. Mia Farrow, though, is Rock Hudson, I think, is just, I don't know, I don't know if I've ever seen anything with Rock Hudson in Rock it, Hudson but his name was one of those, like, square jaw, very masculine looking people yeah. uh, with a three decade career. However, he was also. Um, he was in, he was gay and was very discreet, but it was known amongst the film industry that he was particularly like Mm -hmm. being someone who spent like fifties to eighties and he died. uh, He was one of the first celebrities to disclose his AIDS diagnosis and was the first major celebrity to die from an AIDS related illness in 85. Wow. So he's a got shock. a place in history, but it's not because of his films. Well, Mia Farrow's the same way. I mean, she she married um, Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Um, and she was very famous. I mean, Ronan Farrow is uh, her son. Um, I was Ronan. And I think Farrow. she Ronan Farrow was the journalist who like kind of blew the lid on some of the Me Too stuff. Ah. I think I can't remember exactly what he did. Actually, it was either Me Too or it was like Epstein. It might have specifically been something, but I can't remember. Um, and I think she also, for I think she was married to or involved with Woody Allen. Yeah, I think that tracks. Uh, yeah, a lot of these people who were bigger in their day and time fading away. Yeah, and it's kind of like, it's interesting because it's like, it never really goes away you know it's just interesting to think of a guy have my revenge on tom cruise for while i may never have been remembered he will be forgotten (laughs) and i cannot suffer that indignity wow unless we built you into something to be remembered and then you're forgotten or i just immortalize myself in a robot or stone you get a statue oh right i yeah look upon these works ye mighty in despair yes Nice. Yes, classic. 
See, not all the classics fade. Yeah, as we talk about a poem specifically about how classics fade. Yeah. Well, is I mean, it is about it, but at the same time, it's also about like, hey, there's someone was still able to read the writing, and they saw that some of the statue was still there. The feet, you know, there's and nothing else yeah, around it. There aren't it there desert. aren't too many. There aren't you know. It's not like they're, the desert is not necessarily littered with statues of people with their names on it and stuff like that. Um, I know that that is not the point of the poem. The poem is about James turning how, out the poem Ozymandias into a hopeful, <laughs> inspirational, aspirational yes. ideal. Your upper torso may not survive, but your feet and your name might. And isn't that enough? Come on. All right. Our next segment is Better Buddies Recommend, where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy. You were really excited about your recommendation, James, so what do you got? I was. All right, I think this is going to be a first for me on this show. I'm going to recommend a Marvel property. <gasps> um, I know. I'm going to recommend Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Ha, um, suck it, nerd. I beat you to it. I know. I had a feeling that you already did this. I would like to double Falcon and Winter Soldier. So let me, if it's all right with you, you just double thing? up on your... I did actually. Oh hell yes, yeah! I did. Go for it. Go 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 go. So I'm so excited. I, Somebody else has seen this. I sat down and spoil. By the way, definitely spoilers ahead for this. Like I will but be it's also talking been out about for like anything. Two years, so suck it up. Yeah, it's been. It hasn't really been out for that long. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Then then either skip this or right, if not two years, at now. least like a year and a half. But I'm pretty sure it's been like two years. So. Falcon of the Winter Soldier. Um, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I know RJ already recommended it. Quick recap. It is basically following um, two characters from the Marvel film uh, series um, post uh, Avengers Infinity. Post no, Endgame. Avengers Endgame. So At the end um, of Endgame, af- Captain America, Steve Rogers, gave the shield to Sam Wilson, Falcon. Yep. And uh, and it follows Sam Wilson, Falcon, as he tries to grapple with the responsibility um, of shouldering the Captain America name um, and the weight uh, in the in the wake of of Steve Rogers. The question, one of the central themes of the show being how can you measure up to something when it is so heavily identified with someone? Is there a place in history for you, really? Um, and he has to undergo a series of covert missions um, with uh, his his reluctant uh, partner, uh, Bucky Barnes, who is a recently, uh, not recently, but uh, the former Winter Soldier, who is essentially... Keep in mind, uh, these two characters met for the first time when the Winter Soldier punched through Sam Wilson's car and ripped his steering wheel out. Yes. So these two have always been slightly antagonistic. It's a very fun sort of uh, genuine buddy cop. Um, I don't like you. You don't like me. Let's just get this over with. Do this job. And they were sent to hunt down. It's the best buddy cop dynamic, though, of like they're they both are the buddy to the OG buddy cop. And so they're Mm -hmm. both like, well, I was there first. Well, but I'm supporting him now. And it's the whole like that interplay of they're both the buddy to the cop. <laughs> yeah, it's that's a really good point, actually. It's the two best friends of the original uh, world police officer who are kind of like now, 
now that they're the the OG buddy, now that Steve Rogers is gone, they have to kind of find out and figure out their identities with him gone. And um, yeah, they're sent down on missions to on this on this mission to basically find and uproot uh, this organization of uh, radicals, so to say, who are trying to basically stop. You're gonna have to help. I, I can't. I, so I'm trying to think of a way to, to explain stop it. A radical terrorist group called the Flag Smashers, who are functionally individuals who had it really well during the five years where half the population had been snapped. And like, because of that, during that time, it was such a chaotic time and countries were trying to do the best they could. There was a lot more international, like openness and acceptance and just working together because Mm -hmm. we just need to fucking survive this. And because of that borders also became very, very relaxed. Like you get a little bit of it and all the other properties that followed Endgame of like, People just moved into houses because there was a ton of space and, like, houses needed to be maintained. Emigration and emigration was really loose because they needed people to work jobs and keep societies running. And the Flag Smashers are basically saying, like, great, now that everybody's back, the governments are going to go back to these being cor- these corrupt things. They want to destroy us. We have all these refugees that they're not taking care of. Like, there should be no uh, national-level governments. Yes. So they're on a mission to basically create a series of disturbances that and to spread their group's following and message so that they can return uh, back to this period that happened during a point in time in the Marvel Universe that's called the blip, which is this five year period, like RJ said, where half the people on planet Earth uh, vanished instantly um, because the main the main antagonist, uh, basically like a mad god, uh, had them all executed essentially um i'm just trying to explain this for anybody yeah. if there is anyone who's listening to yeah, this, if anybody has like, oh, heard of marvel yeah <laughs> yeah exactly which in our day and age is uh is is pretty unheard of um but who knows uh everything turns to a classic and everything classic can have a tendency to become a little uh, a little in a niche there's one element to the show that you haven't brought up yet that i'm i'm very curious to hear your take on and yes, that sir. is um, the other Captain America. Yes, I forgot about this. Walker. So, so uh, one of the immediate central plot points in the very first episode is uh, Falcon Sam Wilson decides to instead of he's he was given Captain America's shield by the original Captain America, and the idea is that he would take it up but he believes himself to not be worthy and he doesn't he thinks that the shield is too he feels that the shield is too identified with steve rogers um for him to possess it honestly for him to use it um and have that become his symbol so he gives it up uh to the smithsonian for preservation uh what the smithsonian does is they turn right around and the us government has In already the smithsonian's cre- defense the U.S. government basically just claims ownership of the shield because technically they did. <laughs> yeah, it's it. military property, so yeah. they can do whatever they want with it. It was kind of like, great, but, you handed something that you technically didn't own over to some other people. Un- unbeknownst to Sam and those resident officials of the Smithsonian, 
The shield is quickly turned back over to the U.S. military, and the U.S. military has, unknown to everyone, um, basically gone and recruited another Captain America, whose name is John Walker. He's played by Wyatt Russell, Kurt Russell's son, um, in an excellent performance. He's amazing. Um, And part of the show follows... uh, follows John Walker and his odyssey um, in taking up the mantle of Captain America and sort of going through, kind of going through hell, um, a personal hell to find out really where he is a person and his values lay. This show is really fascinating because a lot of it deals with um, identity, but in a very broad and thematic sense of like what what do your circumstances like how do the circumstances of your past influence your present and therefore your future and which of these like i'm trying to think of how to say this it's it's the balance of how your past and your personal experiences balance out with the expectations from everyone else of what your future should hold yes 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 like like what 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 parts of you ground you what parts of you take yourself away from you and what parts of you are there left to be uncovered or grown or strengthened like what is what are what is laying dormant in you and where do you have to still go to truly find like who you are um i will say just right off the bat i loved this show um this is thank you the first time i have gotten into a marvel property in ages it honestly made me want to go back and revisit the entire uh mythology and give these this whole thing a second try like at the end of this show i was genuine i was genuinely like i may have been wrong i may have misjudged the the character and the intention behind this this entire cosmos i need i need to go back and i need to watch these movies and well, i need to watch it's more a of this continuation stuff too if you go back and watch the captain america movies it's very much a continuation of what of history and legacy and that impact and what that means moving forward yes that and that is what i will say is that i what i do think works for this series more than other ones because i actually started watching moon knight as well with my stepsister um which i am halfway through right now and i've actually been enjoying i i actually moon knight's i like it moon knight's moon knight's fun oscar isaacs gives a fantastic performance he's he's easily the best part of it Um, but i I think falcon the winter soldier is probably the best show they've done so far i i just it's just like the the nice thing about it is like and i know this is something i harp on but it's like to me it just feels like the perfect blend of like uh an actual a couple genres so you have the superhero genre but then you also have the like political thriller spy thriller the the globe prodding adventure can i give my recommendation very very quickly and we can continue talking about this because my recommendation is actually also marvel Uh, oh no way all right my recommendation is uh a actually comic series from about the past year it's captain america sentinel of liberty so in 2022 they did two captain america series captain america sentinel of liberty focusing on steve rogers kind of re-exploring what his shield means and his symbolism and what it means to be captain america 
with its companion piece, uh, Captain America, um, where, it's not Cold War, uh, there it is, Captain America Symbol of Truth, which is the Sam Wilson Captain America trying to figure out what it means to be Captain America, but his own version, doing the very uh, stylized suit that they did in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But it's a very fun, like, the Captain America Sentinel of Truth one is a, it's like 13 for 15 issues. It's not super long, but it's focused around a conspiracy where it turns out, oh, there's an even bigger level of shadow government of like five people who are influencing world events and basically like play the world as a game. And that Captain America's shield, he was supposed to be their agent of change. And the person who made his shield rebelled and, like, put their symbol out for the entire world to see and for left a message for Captain America to, like, hey, here's this thing, please go dismantle it. Oh, that's amazing. I'd love that. But it's also post a series, which I really need to go see if I can find it and read it. For a while, there was Captain's America. Um, and it's not Captain's America, but basically they did a miniseries where Captain America travels the country learning of the Captain's Network, a network of individuals inspired by Captain America to take up their own shields and costumes and defend their localities. So they're, but like, he ends up traveling the country and visits like a military Captain America who like fights for veterans and soldiers and like the forgotten soldiers, a LGBTQ Captain America who is fighting for like the gay community, the Captain America of the railroads, who is a train-hopping <laughs> Captain America. Oh, yes. I love that. But yeah, yes. Captain, Captain America is the theme today. Oh, uh, could you pick a better one? I think not. That sounds pretty cool, though. That's um, That sounds like a... I never knew that the, his, in particular, his uh, story was so... Like, um... Multiplic- I don't know how to say it. Like, Captain there's America so many. Can serve a lot of functions, right? He and it yeah. depends on the time period. Obviously, earlier in his story, in nationalism, he he is Captain America, but the writers have also never shied away. Like, it's the nationalism patriotism combo of sometimes he's much more like a little borderline nationalistic over patriotic, but there are totally other times, particularly when the character of John Walker was created as captain america and steve rogers became the captain um where steve didn't agree with what his country was doing and didn't believe they were doing the right thing and stepped aside and said no i'm not going to support these as your captain america because i think you're wrong um in particular the last few years because let's face it the popular youth sentiment of the country his america fucking sucks if you want to put it into very colloquial terms and very reductive terms um but in doing so captain america has been more of that examination of what does it mean to be captain america what does it mean to be american and what is steve rogers so like the opening issues of the series is very much focused on the like he goes to art classes and is doing like he's just taking community college art classes and gets coffee with his fellow uh students and insists no no please i'm just steve (laughs) and he walks like and one issue there's like a invisible assassin following him waiting for an opportunity and he basically just walks around talking to people asking like 
hey, what do you think of Captain America? What do you think of this? He ends up, like, at a bar for union workers and a guy there who's very angry, very outspoken, but also very willing to, like, have a conversation as long as you accept that he's very, like, emotional about it. And he points out that, like, yeah, the American army is socialist. Like, you come do this shitty job, you don't get paid as particularly well, but all your needs are covered. But yeah, it's very much just That's this examination funny. of what does Captain America mean to other people and to himself. It's a great, it truly is, like, he really is a great mythic figure for at least America in this time, like, for us. Like, I don't know why, but superheroes really for the longest time just did not click with me. Um, I liked them. Here and there, Iron Man was one that I always gravitated towards um, since there was especially like a huge push for him when we were <laughs> younger because of the movies and stuff. But even then, like Which again, I, I feel you saying that I feel it's worth noting the reason his movie got made first is because he was not popular. Yeah, so you could take a risk on him, essentially. Like he's the one they could afford. So I I like and i liked him because i liked the inventor and i was like tech and i liked his suit he was like my favorite color red and stuff and i i, I would read like about the villains and heroes and like the encyclopedias you could get from the library yeah. whether it was for batman or or spider-man especially spider-man great little encyclopedias about the heroes and the villains um but never really made a personal connection with it until honestly and i don't really entirely know I can't entirely place what happened, but um, really recently it just, it all of a sudden sort of like clicked for me and I sort of got it. And I was like, oh, oh, I see. I can, I can see what the really beyond like appeal, I can see where the like fun is and I can see where the real connection is here. Like the idea, especially with, superheroes is like um i mean i'm I'm gonna launch into just a little bit of like you know over academic analysis here really one of the things is is that they're just really fun and it's a great it's always really awesome to watch like you know people who just start out of their depth and and have all these like personal flaws whether they're scared or they're angry or they're sad or they're naive and, and they have to not not just like forget these but they have to constantly deal with these things over and over and over again and and they're presented with new new problems and new struggles and new questions about who they are as as a person and and who they are in their life to the to the people that they that they help it really is. It's it's these are ultimately very like human stories, even if they're told in this kind of escapist fashion or colored that way. Um, I mean, that's the thing that made Marvel stand out originally was how human like that's what made Spider-Man work as a character when he started was how human he was. Fantastic Four was a family first superhero second. And just like that type of stuff like because that can be it can, the, what can alienate people i think from superheroes is what can alienate 
people from sports is this idea like, oh, it's this continuum <laughs> that I I am like locked out of, you know, like because it's been going on for so many for decades and I have no way to catch up. And unless I was like unless I was either born with an inclination and started from an early age or unless I um, I made that connection and and. I, I don't have a way to get into this. And and you might be right. Like not everyone gets into sports and not everyone gets into superheroes. And that being said, like when you do get it, if you do get it, you know, it might not happen, but it could, it happened for me. And I railed against these things like completely on the outside for like a solid, basically like a solid decade. Well, so, so, but like, it's just really cool to basically see these stories that where everyone is just a little bit more of themselves. They're a little bit more colorful. They're a little bit more alive. They're a little bit more sort of, um, it's like the, the struggles of the everyday person, but, but, but magnified. And I think, into, I think that's yeah. a key thing with the comic book medium versus other mediums of storytelling is, yeah, you're not getting every single day in a comic book character's life, but uh, when you go watch, uh, just because it's fucking Tom Cruise, you go watch a Mission Impossible movie, or you watch a Star Wars movie, or you watch a sitcom, it's kind of the, that's the story we're telling today. Like, we're not getting, even, like, yeah, sitcom's probably a bad example, like, sitcoms and, like, serial television shows... Yes, you get the same kind of, like, episodic we're going through these characters' lives, but because it's typically so much more closer to real life, it's not necessarily the same level of surmounting odds. Mm -hmm. Like, oh no, you went on a bad date. That's a fucking pretty universal experience here. But it's not a universal experience to have to sit down and go, oh god, I'm literally a symbol for a nation how the how do i deal with that but it's also they managed to make it a very human struggle of feeling worthy feeling up to a task feeling all the same human emotions are there it's just a very different experience and responsibility set well and it's a it's a very specific part of the human spirit where there really is something immortal about comics there really is like like about these figures that are kind of fleeting but but they carry these these incredibly e- eternal experiences with them and and they're they are again they are magnified and and created and, and I should say they emerge um out of almost nothing into these these sort of almost these mythic or godlike proportions and they come to symbolize a lot. And I know that obviously like um, obviously with the superhero genre, there's a lot of, there's a lot of merchandising that goes on. (laughs) There's a lot of, there's a lot of capital that is involved. It's a, it's a big industry, but just because something, there's a lot of money being made off of something like, do not get it twisted that that thing is inherently shallow um in fact like one could make the argument that like in a in a certain secular way it could be seen as like sacrilegious to make i would, I would even possibly ridiculous like, comic books can't afford to be shallow 
Like if your so? if your comic book is shallow, it will not sell. Like you can't just have very cheap art of people punching each other and super like you can't just say ah he's got a doomsday device we must stop the doomsday device like there needs to be more story behind it because the shallow comics don't sell like you yeah they just don't you need to have a good engaging story because comic books already struggle to sell things all of the merchandising and and everything came after on the people who got hooked on the characters because you told good stories and that comes from a, a real level of investment and a real sort of um like you're you're saying like a genuine level of construction and it's something that took me a long time to act like pierce for myself to access it but once i did again i saw it. it's like it's really hard to explain it, it it'd be i know this is such a tired uh analogy but it really would be like um like I'm I'm almost assuming the same thrill that like youth in ancient Greece may have had, like hearing stories about the different like gods and goddesses, like going around and and getting uh, into adventures and doing that stuff. There was an entire run in DC back in I want to say '90s or early thousands where they literally were doing Greek god comparisons to the Justice League. Like Superman was uh, Zeus. You had Hermes was the Flash. Um, Apollo, Green Lantern, Light, uh, Aquaman, obviously Poseidon, uh, Hades was Batman, Hephaestus was, uh, um, Cyborg, Hera was, um, Wonder Woman. And it, it's just like, it's the thrill of like, um, of again, seeing this, this, it's, it is so hard for me to explain now that I've actually felt it. Like it's a very difficult feeling to try and like transcribe exactly. Um, especially since I'm like relatively uh new to it. And this is not I'm not I'm not going from like complete superhero detractor to like number one super fan. Like I I, I will say though, it's just like it it from what I have like uh, sitting down and watching this stuff and now wanting to go back and watch it, it's just the it's I because a lot of the a lot of it is like, you know, the critique is like, oh, it's campy, oh, it's shallow, oh, it's too colorful, it's escapist. And it's like, yeah, like, yes, but like, look at like, what you could also say See, is that, oh, it's, it, it's, it's fun. It's illustrative. It's, it, it, it is. My, my response to that is, so what? But two, yeah. we're also talking about a medium where back in the day, Jack Kirby would have Captain America and Red Skull punching each other, but also they're constantly talking about their philosophies as they punch each other. Like, there are word balloons on word balloons as they're punching each other about right and wrong and good and evil. And and it's like, there's something about that where for like, for like a young, uh, a young guy who's maybe like reading that type of stuff and he's seeing a lot of like heroes in the pages of these books... And they're just like him and they're struggling with stuff just like him. And they feel like there's something special about them just like him. You know, he's going to want to, that's where he identifies with it. This, this vivid, colorful, childlike and immortal sense of like fun and life. And that there's always another adventure. There's always another page. There's always something more to be found 
like in life and that it can be full of this adventure and that you can do great things and you can like save the girl and that you can save the world with your girl with you with the girl i should say and it's like and it's the same goes for for now for young women who are having that 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 opened up and, and accessible to them more so than ever and for other people as well where it's like opening up this this ability to see yourself even if it is again put through kind of you know colored in escapism it is this ability to see through a metaphor of your life that kind of like fun and accessible childlike immortal part of you that just wants to go out and find like adventure and i think and that's why these i'd say it's things not will always that, be around but it's also the call to be better like the vast mm-hmm. yes. majority of comic books, even like the Punisher, Deadpool, the the darker comic books, still have that call of you can be better. Humanity can be better. There is this capacity for greatness that we can rise above our baser, worse instincts. Like, yeah, the Punisher is not someone to be emulated. You should not be the Punisher. He is a broken man who shoots people. And even some of the like later writers have recognized the criticism of oh like police officers and military soldiers who wear the punisher logo on their uniforms and they addressed like there was an issue where they addressed it and literally had a punisher look at like frank castle looked at a couple police officers and like get that symbol off your fucking uniform you should be better than me but mm. it's also frank castle is doing what he does with the recognition that he is a broken man on a mission and that he's doing it so that other people can have that chance to not be him. Yeah. And this is what we're getting at too, where these, these like, I don't, in it, this is gonna This is very over intellectualized, but in a culture, especially in Western culture where our, there's clearly a need in human beings, like at a certain level to, to deify fragments of our spirit to deify personal experiences to deify very specific elements and components of each of us to deify even stories themselves and put them into a character that we understand and that requires a pantheon we need multiple of these to interact with each other because we're made up of multiplicities there's a bunch of us everywhere there needs to be a group of these things walking and talking and moving around or else it doesn't feel real. And in a culture where we're somewhat denied that because the, the overall and instantiated accepted sort of like, like theological go-to is a monotheistic religion. But the, this feeling has to go somewhere else. Every culture has this as well. It was originally gods when it did move to monotheistic. Like you pointed out, we had Arthur and his knights of the round table. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah, had yeah. the original literary heroes, and now we have comic books. Yes, yeah, and like, um, what was I? What was I gonna say too? Yeah, I, no, I mean it's it. Even even in within traditional Catholicism, there are saints. You know what yep. I mean? There, like, there is already a pantheon of of heroes and and things like that that exist. Um, it's just like every culture, I think, needs to invent for itself their own version of this um and we have that like we do have that with like cowboys or maybe like kind of world war ii heroes but we need something that's a little more abstract and ironically escapist because it allows us to almost sort of like ouroboros style loop around 
all the way back to reality. Um, if we deal too much in reality or with too, something that's too close, we don't quite get to reach the heights like RJ's kind of talking about where it's like these some of these stories call us to be. Ultimately, a lot of art is calling us to be more than we are to see ourselves as, as better. And I know we started talking about, you know, we started on this because of the Falcon of the Winter Soldier. That is one of the things that I absolutely loved about this is, and heavy spoiler alert, is like that is how the show, the first season of the show ends is Falcon basically, Falcon as the new Captain America calling on people like to be better. And and the idea that... Um, did you notice the, the idea... Uh... Getting back to the show, I want to ask, did you notice the color yeah. scheme differences between Sam Wilson's Captain America and John Walker's Captain America? Well, I noticed that uh, there was a lot more white and blue in, in uh, like, like Wilson's was much lighter. In Walker's costume, it, felt like. it was. Uh, Sam Wilson's costume was overall lighter in color tones and also had more white. Whereas Walker's had like zero, little to no white at all, and was much darker shades of blue and red, both mimicking their tonal character arcs, where John Walker is the darkness, the darker side of it, and the succumbing to the pressure, whereas Sam Wilson is that white purity hope, like white commonly being a symbol of uh, purity in like religion or hope and brightness and light. And Sam Wilson being that vessel of it and that inspiration. And I just, I, one, I love that, uh, that one of his nicknames that he gets called in the show is Uncle Sam. Uh, I thought that was hilarious um, by by the nephews. I also think it's funny that he looks like an eagle with the new Captain America suit when he's like flying and stuff like that. Um, The idea that he's like, you could call him Sam the Eagle if you wanted to Uh... is really funny. And they're, should be a joke somewhere in there about that. Um, but uh, yeah, like the, what I really loved about the show, especially was that it was uh, like, I think nowadays we get, we, we've been pummeled to death with like talk of like uh, talk of identity or what it means to examine ourselves. as like these different things. And some of that is good because it, it does make you reexamine biases and like some longstanding patterns of behavior in your life that that you wouldn't have been aware of had they not been pointed out other times it, it has the opposite effect where it makes you dead to these things or kind of robs the spark out of life because we don't just let ourselves naturally be who we are we get too concerned with like bucketing every single element of who we are into a specific category um and that uh, that action paralysis of well if i'm trying to be conscious of those patterns and identities and biases and things am i going to like what do I do if, if is this going to be the wrong thing to say, do act upon. And this is something that, that like Sam Wilson, this is like his big struggle is with that because as he goes through the show, he, one of the key moments or a key plot line is that he encounters a, he encounters a, a black Vietnam veteran um, who he later discovers to have been like another another super soldier he took the same serum that captain america was given it was administered to him uh under the guise of a tetanus shot by the military authorities in vietnam and they were essentially experimenting on him and his whole squad his like platoon basically to see what the serum would do to certain people basically everybody died except for him 
he at like when he comes back after a mission where he went to rescue a bunch of his like fellow squad mates um they're all detained those squad mates die off he is kept in military prison for 30 years and experimented on did you notice um, the parallel there uh is it like winter soldier or are you talking oh, about just like to the like first a, captain like, america movie both of them are super no. soldiers both disobey orders and leave camp to go rescue their fellow soldiers one comes back and is lauded as a hero the other is arrested and experimented upon for 30 years Which is horrific, and it it means that this character serves as a sort of you can see him as a sort of thematic stand-in. He is a living, breathing metaphor for the treatment of like African Americans and Black people in the country. Which I which is like I was not expecting this show to like go there that in depth. And I, honestly, that was one of the things I found the most beautiful about it. Though was it was such it, it was one viewpoint to put up because yeah it made Sam Wilson's character like examine what it would mean for him as a black man to take up the mantle of Captain America and what it would mean for his own community. But it was, it was a completely valid point to have and a valid viewpoint of like, yeah, these are the things, these things have happened, the tragedies and just dismissal of human rights that the American, the country of America has regularly committed against black people but Sam chose to move forward and try and work towards building something new. And what I really appreciated about that was the show didn't say either view was wrong. Yes, that is what I thought. Like, this is the beautiful thing is that there's a there's a moment in the show where basically like um, Isaiah is the name of, the, of this veteran. Isaiah Bradley. And he is talking to he's talking to he's told his story to Sam and he's basically he's like choked with tears at the end of it. And you can tell he's angry too. He's he's furious. Um he basically says that because uh, I think it it's when Sam comes to give him, he's taken back possession of cat of, of the shield. He's come to give it to Isaiah. And Isaiah basically says, like, no, like I don't want it. Like, get that out of my house. Um he says, like They'll never let a black man actually be Captain America, and no self-respecting black man would ever want to be Captain America. And you can see that gives like Sam pause because he's like, he's like, there's a little bit of like a wait a minute because it's like now what does he do? Like now he knows that one he's you can tell that he's maybe always had this feeling like yeah, there's like a certain part of America that's never going to accept me because I'm like. I'm, I'm black and I'm I'm trying to fill the role of, a, of the blonde hair, blue eyed, like American super soldier, like all, you know, apple cheeked, like white picket fence, Norman Rockwell looking motherfucker who was running around for 70, 80 years and doing all this shit. Um, now, though, he's heard it from a member of his own community where it's like, if you do that, I will hate you. And a lot of other people will hate you, too. You will not be seen as like a member of, of us. So good fucking luck, because if you put that shit on, like you can't come back in this house. Um, and he has a speech at the end of the show where he's talking to a bunch of news cameras, essentially outside of this crime scene. And he's a he says like, you know, I know I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, I know there's a lot of people out there who, who may not like agree 
with this. Like you may not agree, like for one reason or another, they may not, they may see me standing up here like this and they may not agree with it. And I'm like forgetting what the right, the, the context of the speech basically is, is that he says like, um, oh man, help me out here, RJ. Do you remember the, um, like, so he basically I, I, gives this speech, he gives like two speeches. One is like we mentioned earlier to the people in power saying like, Hey, you need to be better, do better. You have this power in a bit like, yes, superheroes have power, but you have power too. go use it. This other one to the cameras is basically the, like, there are going to be people who hate me. It's not my job to make them like me. It's my job to save people and help people. And that's what I'm going to do. What kind of a person would I be if I let their hatred stop me from doing the right thing? Yeah. And his, his idea essentially coming together that like, it's not, it like it, 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 it's a wonderful, like, I wish I could articulate it better, but it's a, oh, it's a and, wonderful. Ah, uh, see, now I'm remembering two more. I think you're, because, again, it's been a while since I saw it, but does, isn't part mm-hmm. of the speech also that, like, this is America, anybody could be Captain America? Yeah, it's the idea that, like, like look at where we are, look at who we are, like, we can, we can, we can, like, argue about all this shit, like, we can do that until we want to. You can hate me, because I'm I'm black and I'm in the suit for a bunch of different reasons. But isn't it better to like work together? Isn't it isn't it like just it, why if we had the choice of of like working together and listening to each other and moving as as like one people as a country, as like a group of people who just want to help other people, help each other and the people people all around the world. Like why would we let that little part of ourselves stop that us. is so angry stop us from doing it? And I know that's like it. I'm not doing it justice. It's a very like it's a genuinely beautiful and kind of like transcendent. I was not expecting this from a Marvel show. I was not expecting this from a show that you could find on Disney Plus. I was not expecting this from a mass market show ultimately what this show does really truly is it uses like falcon and then captain america to punch through this like ideological dome that has been kind of like erected for quite some time and like basically say like it doesn't matter who you are it really doesn't like it it it, it we've all got shit and the best thing we can do for each other is listen, put on the suit, and go to work and make things better a little bit together, like every day. Everyone's got something. Everyone's got a reason to be angry. Everyone's got a reason to be better. We don't have to ignore either one of those. You can do both. You can both heal and be better than you are at the same time and in fact those often go like hand in hand i know that sounds like very trite but, but it's, it's it it's so good and it's it's it also is, yeah it's great too of it's not just that sam wilson gives this speech after going on this like six or eight episode exploration of who captain Amer- like should he be captain america he gives that speech at the end of the series after you've watched multiple characters go through that same process of what should I be? Who should I be? And some of them giving into that hate. You've got 
um, Morgenthau, I think his name is, the leader of the terrorists, who's, she's giving into the hate. You've got Walker, who, he's giving into the hate, and the pressure, and they do this great parallel of, like, when they first introduce Walker, and they're riding in the truck together, I don't remember exactly how it comes up, but Walker's like, oh no, I think, like, uh, Bucky brings up the, like, Captain America diving on a grenade. And yeah. Walker's like, oh yeah, I've done that with my helmet three times. Got a, like, purple heart for it. And then as he, like, gives in to the hatred, but he comes back, he recovers from it, and recognizes he needs to step off this dark path and makes his own shield. He puts his met the medal he earned for his bravery into the shield as a reminder of, like, You've been brave and done great things and helped save people before. That's why you're doing it. You're not doing it. You're, you're, you're not the bloody hero. You're not the, the ma- massacre. You gotta save people. Well, and this is like, uh, and again, this is like got bouncing too, off this. Bucky does the whole, like, he's a sat, like turning people, like basically crossing off people on his list. And he realizes like, yeah, I need to, I need to, it's not just enough to take actions on others, I need to work on myself. Yeah, and that you have to do, like, you have to truly, like, in order to make amends with, if you truly want to fix yourself, you have to, like, give a part of yourself, you have to sacrifice something in the name of other people. You really actually have to do that, and you're often going to be called to do that at a time where it feels like you don't have anything more to give. Um, and just to set like to like, again, this is a little bit of a spoiler. Well, it is a spoiler, but like there's a scene where Walker, who is this kind of like, he starts out as the, um, he's this, this, the new captain America, the successor of Steve Rogers. He's like, he's handsome enough. Um, he's kind of tall. He's uh he's a metal of honor. boy built, and like three yeah. times the soldier Captain America was by like record. Yeah, spec. He was like spec ops and like won a bunch of medal. Like the the in the history of the or the story of the show, he's won like the most medal of honors ever in the history of the United States military. Like he's just on paper the perfect candidate. And you watch his like I just said, the, the pressure slowly consumes him until at one point during a fight, he. Uh, he makes a mistake and his partner that he's been assigned is killed. It's not just um, his and partner he, he's been assigned. It's his friend. Well, it's his friend who is like, yeah, his friend like, who is his like partner. Went through and the military they, together. Yeah. Like well enough where he knows the guy's family on like a first name basis. And like, um, they've, they've been, that's yeah, that's important information. That's, that's a good way to say it. Like they came up together. It's they know Bucky. each other. Well, yes, it's, it's, it's his best friend, basically. Um, and because of a mistake that he makes, this friend is killed in the middle of a battle. And he chases the killer. They're in some uh, random uh, Eastern European town. And he chases the killer down into the town square. And in a fit of rage, in the middle of a, in broad daylight, in at like one in the afternoon, he Surrounded bludgeons this man. Surrounded by people with camera phones, after we've already seen him doing like press tours and being like, "Hey, I'm Captain America. Like, I'll sign you know your stuff, of course." Like, people oh, are constantly oh, stopping him, no matter where he is. Yeah, <laughs> and he beats a man to death 
with the shield. Like he takes he the shield and he just fucking slams it over and over again into this guy's head in the middle of a town square. And he looks up and he is like spattered with blood. The shield is covered in it. And he's looking around and all these people are filming him. And you see like for a moment, it's like, he's not like it's like he realizes he's not the guy like he's and and he broke he lost in the worst way possible and like what uh especially for an american who you hear about our country like trying to go in to places and do good and then just fucking massacring everything i mean what a fucking find another find a better like we're again people like it's not just like it's not necessarily that this is entirely groundbreaking it's the fact that this is a show that's being made for a mass audience that is on the same streaming platform as like Encanto like it the the fact that this is thematically being given to a a large audience or at least the possibility of one is astounding to me because this is a ta- this is this show tackles like incredibly pertinent themes of like american identity and what it means to belong to our country or or to just be a person in this time and having to navigate that stuff mm-hmm. and, and it's just so well done and it opened my eyes to like okay at its best this is truly what this genre can do is it can it can draw us in with the fights and with action sequences and with with attractive men and women kind of running around and ha- having fun together. And, you know, that again, that kind of immortal color that I talked about. You remind me of that, a character who also does the transition, uh, like the examination of power and living up to a better ideal, Zemo. Oh, that's right. How so? Do you want to explain that? So really in, in uh, the third Captain America movie in Civil War, Zemo's whole thing is like, fuck superhumans like you destroyed my country y'all fucking suck i hate you all i'm gonna make you suffer and then in falcon and the winter soldier like they bring him back in of like hey we're hunting like they have a super soldier serum where you are the premier super soldier like hunter basically what do we do how do we do this and they destroy all of the super soldier serum and the only super soldiers the only super soldier serum left really is bucky i think it is and zemo's like yeah i uh i'm giving up that crusade because i recognize like you're you're good men you're not the same that the, the power is not inherently evil which again is so like damn it really does make me want to go out and buy a bunch of comic books and like rewatch these movies because it's like now that i have this like now that i have this kind of like new understanding of it it's just it's very refreshing if you have like 50 60 dollars to spare get a subscription to marvel unlimited okay uh or like if you don't have the that 50 bucks lying around 60 bucks lying around go to your local library and like they can get you a shit ton of comic books and trade paperbacks and collected graphic novels, that kind of stuff. But 60 bucks, Marvel unlimited is their digital comics app. 
and they have 30,000 plus issues on every character you can probably think of. Like, that's how I read Marvel Comics right now, because I pay 60 bucks for a year, and I have a shit ton of comics. Yeah, and I mean, especially as, like, I'm not gonna lie, as, like, a writer who's read a lot of stuff and watched a lot of stuff, like, it would be cool to enter into the genre and even try my hand at it sometime. Like, I would genuinely try... The I think beautiful it could thing, be fun. too, is you don't, like, as you were saying earlier about, like, sports and comics and, like, having this long canon history that, like, you need to know all of, you really don't. Most of the time, at least, especially with now thanks to the MCU, uh, people have a general idea of who characters are, right? So if you've got that general idea of, like, oh, this is Captain America, he was in World War II, frozen ice, came back, now he's here. You can go in and jump in and you'll generally have an idea of, like, who things are, what things are, and pick things up as you go. And you can always go back and read stuff. Like, it's a lot harder to go back and watch a football game, but you can start at the beginning and work your way through all of Spider-Man if you really want. Yeah, and that's what I was... I, I was thinking that as I made that analogy as well. I was like, that is the nicer thing, is that there are there aren't really archives for those sports games but there are and the thing is too is those games are are it's a lot of those it's more about being in the moment right it's like the moment of the game and like that's very hard to sort of capture like whereas like comics like there are like special events and stuff like that but it is more about the story itself which can pre- be preserved just over time um which is cool but yeah, I know I've gone on like an insane amount about this, so I apologize. It's just like it, it was a relatively recent uh, revelation for me, and one Welcome that I literally I never expected it to happen. And again, it does give me if it, if I do start going down this and researching more, and like I would I would genuinely try my hand at at writing uh, like some superhero stories. Like I would genuinely give I would that a crack. Highly encourage you. Like, especially if, like, this is what really, like, clicked with you, try and find some Captain America comics. Particularly since, like, this series is what really clicked with you. Find some modern Captain America comics. We're talking anything from probably, like, 2010s on. Um, which you'll be hard-pressed a little bit because they did kill him in the early 2000s, in the late 2000s. And in the mid-2010s, there was the Secret Empire event where he was turned evil and Hydra took over the country. But everything else is fine. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to... It's, but, like, it's... they did that same... They did a similar thing after the superhero civil war. He got assassinated as he was going in for trial. And they... Like, he died, and... They went to Bucky, and they're like, hey, we need a new Captain America, and we've been trying to get S.H.I.E.L.D. agents to throw the shield, and none of them can do it. The only other person who's been able to throw the shield and catch it again is Hawkeye. So, like, can you come be Captain America because you know how to throw the shield? Oh, that's funny. That's funny as hell. Yeah. But we've gone on long enough. We, We have. This was... Hey, dude, season one, full surprises. I've had quite the character arc. Um, 
if I do say so myself, at least I in that respect. I absolutely love that they changed Falcon and the Winter Soldier to Captain America and the Winter Soldier at the end, too, of like, yeah, this yeah. is Captain America. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They really, they got me. I'll say. They fucking got me. Damn uh, it. I really hope they do a season two. I, I hope. <laughs> me too. But I, I, me as too. I understand it, I think he's getting his own movie. Yeah, I heard that as well. So I guess we'll just kind of have to see how they play Brave from New this World. point. Hey, pretty cool. Well, James, thank you for joining this week. Thank you for having me, RJ, as always. Thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off Yesterday. You can find them on iTunes and Spotify. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. We're also on social media. Our Facebook is Better Buddies, where we have our meme Mondays. Our, tw- uh, sorry, our social media, formerly known as Twitter account, is at BetterBudcast. Use the hashtag BetterBuddies when you tweet about the show. And our Gmail account is BetterBuddiesCast at gmail.com. You can send us fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love and or war, icebreakers you want us to answer, or questions you need advice on. And last but not least, be a better buddy. Um, I've actually got I got a recommendation that I think will will surprise you. Um, okay. I think it's our I, it's it's probably already been made, but I will make it uh, again. Um, I haven't made this ever before, but you remind I'll be me surprised. To pull up my recommendation. I will be surprised if somebody hasn't recommended this. So yeah, um, I'm all set. I even went back and listened to some of our old episodes 